The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Well, everybody is having different feelings about going back to normal, normal in quotation marks. There was one study that asked parents if they were ready to return to normal. 50% said yes, 50% said no. And when they asked uh, young adults, 39% said they were not ready. So how do we prepare? How do we cope? This is what our therapist panel will discuss after 10.15, but first. Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. And you can always email me as well to Lori at drlori.com. Somebody just texted in. Today I witnessed a daughter-mother combo at the gas station. The mother as a passenger filled the car and left to pay inside while inside the daughter opened the door and spit on the pavement. Apart from the fact that these are COVID times, on what planet is this acceptable behavior? I'm seeing more and more young women spitting. Is this the new norm? And am I a stick in the mud? No, I don't think that that's the new norm. I just think that that's just plain old disrespectful um, and not uh, uh, very hygienic. But no, um, I, I don't think that's a new norm. Has anybody else experienced that? Not me. A question here on the text board. Is it strange as a woman not to really notice when a man actually ejaculates inside you? Uh, no, it's not it's not weird or abnormal or anything like that because it all depends on that. Like there's many factors whether you can feel or not. So how, um, uh, first of all, how snug the, the, the penis is inside the vagina in order to feel the pulsing, how much, uh, ejaculation there is, what the force of that ejaculation is. Um, if, uh, your partner has had, uh, ejaculations during the week or that same day or, or what have you, then the, uh, the amount of ejaculate will be less when there is intercourse. Um, the length of the vagina, I mean, there are so many factors that, that, play into this the depth of uh of intercourse as well so it's not it's certainly not something that you uh, you need to worry but if you focus on your physical sensations which sometimes it's hard because if you are in the throes of arousal you're focusing on your own feelings and your own sensations and you may not actually um you know, pay, be paying attention to anything else. So, uh, but try and pay attention to see if it's something that you really want to, um, to feel, but it's not anything that anybody should be concerned or, or worried about or anything like that. Um, I just wanted to ask you if you think that I could get stretch marks if I have a baby at like 23 years old and what about the weight? Does everybody become overweight after childbirth? Is there an age not to get too big, not to be superficial, but it would be nice to stay slim afterwards? There's really no, um, (laughs) every woman is different and there's really no telling exactly how you are going to to bounce back or anything like that. But if you were fit before getting pregnant, there's no reason for you to get right back. It might take a little bit of time, but back to being fit again, it all depends on, are you going to work out after, uh, things like that. In terms of stretch marks, that's difficult to tell. That is 
completely i don't think out of uh, it's out of control out of somebody's control to tell you the truth but the the bigger your belly expands um the possibility of stretch marks are there using vitamin e cream uh, on your uh, just to soften the skin and things like that is uh, is recommended but otherwise it's really really hard uh to tell but you know um and, and there's no real age i don't think i don't know if the older you are like i, I don't think that that that's a factor i can't be 100 percent sure but i don't think that that uh, that that is a factor uh it's not something that i could tell you as somebody who had two kids that i really worried about all that much i felt that my body was doing a miraculous thing <laughs> making a baby and pushing out a baby so I didn't tend to worry too, too much about, uh, about that. Uh, someone says, if it really matters, get a C-section. Doctors seem to prefer it because they make more money. Yeah, but I don't know if you can just choose uh, a C-section. That's like the, the whole too posh to push thing. Um, and that doesn't do anything regarding stretch marks either. So uh, that's really about a vaginal birth versus a c-section it's not going to affect that at all um net or somebody says otherwise if you're concerned you can later on get a tummy tuck and that's what some women opt for for sure uh, i'm thinking of putting a morena but very scared of all the side effects also a friend got, recently got pregnant with it it was a horrible experience for her they can't get to it it's still in her uterus I want to do a tubal ligation, but my doctor continues to tell me to put the morena. I'm 39 years old. So if you're, I mean, a tubal ligation is surgery. And, and this is why the, the morena is something, is a, an IUD that releases hormones. And you don't have to think about it. It's good in there for five years and, and you don't think about it. The chances of getting pregnant on that are like, less than one in a thousand truly so it's it's uh i mean it's very very unlikely but there are risks involved with surgery any surgery so it's probably why your doctor has tried to tell you to to stick with the the morena until you go through menopause and then uh, you won't need anything uh, because you won't be able to to get pregnant so you we're all individuals and we all have to weigh the risks for ourselves. So this is a conversation that should be had between you and, uh, you and your doctor to be able to decide what's the best option, uh, for you. You can also ask your partner to get a vasectomy. So if you are married and you're with a, a regular partner and you're done having kids, a vasectomy is far, far easier to perform uh, or, or at least doesn't have the same risk factors that a tubal ligation does, which requires being under anesthesia, whereas a, a, a vasectomy does not. It's done in a doctor's office and... Uh, um, <clears throat> doesn't require anybody to be asleep. So the risks often involved with surgeries have to do with the, uh, with the anesthesia. Uh, my wife had an IUD that took the doc to forever to get out almost too late. Well, again, that, you know, every method I guess has its risks, which is why it's important to 
uh, <clears throat> make sure you talk to your doctor about uh, the risks for you. So for some people, an IUD may be too painful or they don't react well to it. And for others, the pill is not good. So it all depends on, on each individual uh, person. What problems would marrying a woman in menopause be? I would be marrying for the first time. I'm 47. I'm asking with reference to mood swings and libido. Um, <clears throat> well, women in menopause that definitely go through uh, some sexual changes, but um, I've known plenty of women postmenopausal who have uh, fine libidos are fine. Quality of sex is good. Arousal is great. They take care of their vaginas. They make sure that they um, are not experiencing dryness. If they are experiencing dryness, then there are medications for that. So there's things to to do. Uh, the mood swings is not something that I'm that I've seen too 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 much of. There may be a lesser of libido, a lessening of libido, but that's not a, a given either. And especially in a new relationship, it might not be an issue uh, for you. Coming up, our therapist panel uh, will discuss uh, getting back to normal. Why is it challenging uh, for some people? And tell us your worries as well. What are you worried about now that things are opening up and people are ask, are being asked to uh, potentially go back to work? would love to hear your thoughts at 514-800. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So things are going back to, uh, I don't want to say to normal, but let's say things are starting to open up. And there are certainly plenty of reasons why going back to normal, in quotation marks, might be anxiety provoking for us, for our kids. So we have to deal with our family members as well. Uh, certainly some of the concerns might be uh, grief or loss over changes in lifestyle. Normal won't be the same as before COVID-19. Uh, Maybe life was better in isolation, uh, especially for young people who had a lot of uh, attention from uh, from family, maybe feeling um, they f people feel safer at home and so in public feel more out of control. And of course, the fear of uh, a second wave of COVID-19. So here to help us navigate to this uh, going back to normal, and of course, I want to hear from you as well, our listeners, how, uh, how you feel about the reopening of stores, the going back uh, to work, uh, all of that. What's it causing for you? Is it causing you anxiety? Is it causing you to think twice? Are you ready? Do you feel ready to go back to work? I'd love to hear your thoughts at 514-800. Of course, you can also call in at 514-790-0800. Joining me tonight are Sandra Reese. She is the Clinical Director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and a psychotherapist, and Rebecca Putterman, who is a professional social worker and psychotherapist. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Good evening. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that both of you... Are, are uh, experiencing, um, at least with your clients, maybe even personally, uh, worries about going back to work. I'll just share my, my story for me. So we, as psychologists, by the way, have always been allowed to practice because we were deemed an essential service, especially for 
um, emergency cases. But I don't know, I hardly know any therapist that kept their practice going, at least in person. We all moved to a video conferencing and such. But now we're told that uh, June 1st, we can officially open up uh, our practices, same with physios and, and other things. I personally, I'm still not comfortable uh, going into the office, which is not a huge office. I mean, enough that I can keep six feet away, but where um, I, I'm just thinking, like, how am I going to uh, disinfect after every uh, client? How are clients going to feel? And do we have to wear masks? Have you ever done therapy in a mask? I don't <laughs> think that's very pleasant. And how am I going to read the facial expressions of somebody who's wearing a mask? So all that I still have way too many questions for me to be ready to go back to work next week in the office. So I don't know how you guys feel or how some of your clients are feeling, but I'm interested to, to hear. Sandra, you want to start? Sure. Uh, I feel very similarly to you, uh, Lori, because um, the video conferencing is going quite well, and I think clients are adapting quite well to it, so I'm not sure why we would put them or us at risk at this particular time. And like you said, the good thing is to wear a mask, but for therapy, yeah, that doesn't work too well. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it's going to be too, yeah, I, I cannot imagine it. Rebecca, what about you? Uh, yeah, similarly, you know, it's it's interesting. One of the last days that I worked, I think about a woman that came in to see me, and it was probably her third session. And the day before, it was like the Saturday after the first directive. Okay. And I remember saying to her, like, you're feeling okay. And I did an assessment of no fever, no cough, no so throat. And she said, yes, none of that. And then I saw her on the Saturday um, right after the first directive. And she said to me, yes, so my mother just came in from Spain yesterday. And I'm like, uh, where's your mother staying? And she's like with me. Oh, but no. I had just come off a plane. And then I realized <laughs> how um, vulnerable how my safety. And she didn't even realize it. And then I could be putting other people at risk. So I think we, like, in terms of going back and worrying or making sure, forget the therapy, just the safety and keeping everyone safe and healthy has to be our priority if we're inviting them into our offices. Right. And I, and I do, I worry like it's not, it's not just, it's not even just me. I, I, I'm not worried for me. I'm, I'm more worried about God forbid somebody gets it in my office. That's right. Right. Like from somebody else or somebody, or, or I catch it and give it to somebody else unknowingly. So I'm, I'm just not comfortable. I'm a part of it. Part of the anxiety that I feel, which I think is quite normal is there's still, it's still not sure. Like there, I'm, nobody's really saying how to do this in a way that protects everybody or the directives that are given are not conducive in our line of work. And I'm sure in other people's line of work, it's also not necessarily conducive. Yeah. Somebody asked, what if you had plexiglass between you and the client? That's a big thing of plexiglass. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That would be interesting. That's like in prison, you know, I'll just have a phone and the other person has a phone. (laughs) There's no question I feel Exactly. Might as well be, yeah. I think there's no question that's changed the practice a bit. Like Sandra, you had mentioned, and I think Lori as well, we're all doing video conferences, video uh, sessions or phone. And there's no question there's an intimacy that 
sort of missing. I use my hands a lot when I talk. Right, yes. And yes, I too. know, like, you know, I try to get them in into the video, into the camera to show them what I'm trying to do. Yes. Um, but, and there is, but I think for now, I, I do, I think we all have to be very careful because, you know, most people share an office with many therapists. So many different people are coming in exactly. to one office at one time. Exactly. And I think it's just safe until we're all sure of what measures really have to be taken until we, we have further awareness. Until now, I don't think anyone really knows what to do, too. And yet, just, go ahead, Sandra. It's just a little too soon, I find. Everything, I mean, I think we're moving in this direction, but I think we have to be patient a little bit longer uh, to know how to proceed. And we just need more information, more scientific, less politicians, more scientific information, I say. Yeah, probably. Although people are, are like, now that workplaces are opening, it's like people are almost forced back to work in a way, right? It's like uh-huh. now uh, the, the store you worked at is opening, now you got to go back to work. Or the company is opening its stores, now you got to go back to work. So uh, I'm imagining that there's going to be or we're going to see a lot more um, anxiety, fear, maybe even anger among uh, workers. And that can't be good for the work environment in terms of even productivity, I imagine. No, when people are anxious, they're not even thinking straight. So it's definitely not great for productivity. Uh, We want people to feel calm and relaxed. So we have to try to see how we can create that. And uh, that's where, again, it just seems there's a lot of uncertainty at this time, which is not really what produces safe feelings in people. Right. And if somebody, like, I I would love it if somebody came up with a, here's a plexiglass uh, encasement or something you can do, you know, I'll build you something. And and I was sure that me talking wouldn't infect anybody because, again, it's the particles in, in... in the air, you know, so here's me thinking, right? So I, I keep thinking, and this is my own, I don't know if, if we call it anxiety or just general worry. Um, I spend a lot of time, like it, it does keep me up thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And and how do I serve my population as best that I can without putting anybody at risk? So I'm sure there's plenty of people who are up at night thinking of the same things. Yes. There's no question about it. I think of different people who have had to go back to work, or I work also in a public system, and so many of my colleagues have been deployed. And there is definitely a lot into CHSLDs, and there's been a lot of anxiety or stress around it. And I think there's, again, like as we're all saying, we don't have enough evidence, and definitely we're hearing about possibilities of vaccines. But and, and I think this is also a scary time because we've been cooped up Besides our winter, which keeps us indoors, the quarantine has now gone on for 10, 11 weeks. And with the sun and more people being less careful, mm-hmm. as we've seen in, you know, Ontario or parks here in Montreal, I think we have to take it just still quite seriously because we still don't know why one person may have some form of symptoms and not others. And I just think that we have to be a little bit more patient despite going back to normal. We still have to be very careful. 
I think um, after seeing the pictures in the parks in Ontario, and I know I got reports from people who had gone to Mount Royal, and it was, uh, you know, pretty packed and what have you, the sense that I get is that uh, there's a lot of people who may not be taking this so seriously, and and people around me too, who who just think, oh, it, this is we're making too big of a deal, and and you know, so what if you get it? We're all gonna get it at some point. Like just uh, so there's a lot of different feelings around it. I, I I'm hearing from people who are saying that the government is just trying to control us, or that we are uh, they're, they're infringing on our rights when they put out, like, gu- there was a guideline on the, on the government page for sexual activity, right? They, they did a whole thing and saying that we shouldn't be, uh, having sex with people outside of our home, like outside of the person we live with and, uh, putting all these restrictions. And I'm, I'm seeing so many posts of people who are so up in arms saying, this is like big brother and, and people trying to infringe on, on our rights and such. So like, it's, it's just creating a lot of, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. what the word is, but the more you read, the more ups, the more upset I get, like the more I'm on Facebook and seeing people's posts, the more upset I am that I just turn it off. I just, I can't look at this anymore. I can't even, you know, but it's hard to, it's hard to make sense of all of this. And for, for all of us, I think, who do you believe? And you talk to one person and they, they say one thing, you talk to another person, everybody's kind of making sense. It's just that it's hard to know where do I go with this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I definitely, the anxiety is, uh, is there. Well, coming up, we'll talk about some, uh, solutions for how to deal with, going back into the world again and it's really about deal also learning how to deal with general uh, anxiety as well but our therapist panel uh, Sandra Reich and Rebecca Putterman will talk with us and we'll hear from uh, some of your thoughts about going back into the world as these uh, restrictions are loosening how do you feel about it let us know how you feel about it please Uh, Right now, let's check in with our CJD 800 Newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Tonight, we're talking about uh, coping in terms of uh, getting back to somewhat normal or getting back into the world again out of our isolation with my therapist panel Sandra Reich, clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and a psychotherapist as well as Rebecca Putterman who is a professional social worker and psychotherapist. A couple of text messages I want to share. Uh, It was predicted that better than 50% of North Americans will get the virus before 2021 and more than 40% will be asymptomatic. So somewhere somehow it seems like like most of us will probably get it and that, and that mm-hmm. will be a, a herd immunity kind of thing. So maybe that's the best case scenario. I don't know. The passion poet says most people, social distancing, everyone trying to do what's right. There is no wise old man in this. There is no sure guiding light. We all have to live in a, in a new normal. 
but that is such a wrong term. After millions of years of evolution, a social species do not easily learn. We must realize the reality. There is only so much of being apart. It will eventually be a calculated risk, and I think it's time to start. Some have concerns and questions. Some have outright fears. But if we all make an effort, there will be far less tears, <laughs> which I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good poem and says it quite well. Um, more, uh, these people who are following conspiracy theories and think it's overblown or government control have not lost anyone close to them to COVID-19. They would certainly start thinking more should have been done. If you are not part of the solution, then you are part of the problem. Another text writes, Hi, Dr. Lori, I hate the conspiracy theorizing going on these days, no matter where and how far-fetched it might be. Things are uncertain and anxiety-inducing enough as it is. A lot of fear out there and made worse if there are lapses in education too. Uh, well said, because that could be creating... I know it, it kind of creates uh, stress in me when I read these posts. I'm trying to just eliminate them from my feed and not not look at them but uh some people would say i'm hot putting my head in the sands at least the theorists would say that <laughs> but it can be yeah. helpful for all of us to uh, to be constantly exposed to this right yeah, i definitely recommend to people not to read about it all the time i mean i think it's important that people are informed i think it's important that people take necessary measures when there's a directive I think people should follow it and of course you know like this one of the textures said it's time that we start back a bit there's no question we do have to start back a bit a bit I think for our mental health as well because I believe that is very important for some people as like yes in this context of isolation and lonely the people that I've spoken to who live alone are struggling. It's, mm-hmm. it's more difficult. I think family, many people I hear, you know, oh, it's bringing families together and we've never spent this much time together. It's so wonderful. And I, I'm able to do things that I haven't been doing. And that's wonderful. But we do have to remember there are so many people who are living alone and isolated and lonely. And this reinforces grief. The people who I've worked with with grief are mm-hmm. having a, a very difficult time. So, Again, it's always a balance with whichever way we want to look at it, I think. Um, absolutely. We can't forget that there are vulnerable people out there. And actually, I've, I've heard that the uh, for somebody said the second wave will not be of COVID-19. It will be of the resulting mental health issues uh, that will take over <laughs> as the, the second yeah. wave. Sandra, do you th- agree with that? Um, I do think that that is a concern, but I also think that um, I have to bring in the concept of to thyself be true mm-hmm. and uh, piggyback on what you said, Laurie, about do your research, follow science. I, I'm big on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the problems that I'm seeing is that people are really judging each other yes. on what is the right way of handling this. And I think that we all feel differently about it. I mean, you and I spoke earlier. I mean, we all have different viewpoints and there has to be room for that uh, because none of us really know for sure. 
So you got to be true to yourself and um, obviously you can't be reckless because that affects the rest of the population. So we have to not only think of ourselves, but the idea that some people feel it's really like, let's get back to business and some people feel no, there's got to be room for people to be respectful of each other's belief systems as long as we're not hurting each other. Right. I saw a beautiful post today and I'm, I'm looking for it on, uh, on Facebook. I wish I had saved it, but it was exactly that, that, uh, we're, we've, we're all experiencing it differently and it's not a time to be judging, um, everybody, right? So some people are having a harder time than others. Some people are in different situations. Some people choose to take different risks, I guess. Uh, some people want to go back to work. Others, yeah. others don't. Um, I, I think it's hard, but when you end up being exposed to images of people blatantly yeah. not following, um, it's hard not to get angry. No, that's something else. Right? It, it, it really, isn't it hard to not get upset but it doesn't help us to be upset because we can't control those people anyway there's nothing we could do yeah but i think that's a a slightly different issue because then we're talking about people making decisions like when they're completely disregarding the directives now people are making decisions that aren't going to only impact them so that's a different story it's, it's one thing if you make decisions for your family that are not going to impact other people, that it's your choice. And it's another thing when you're getting together, like, you know, what you were talking about on the beaches and uh, at the mountain or whatever, and we're spreading things around, that's, that's, that's concerning. I mean, you're right, the anger, I don't know that the anger serves, but I also know that the police are giving tickets now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably important. You know, there was a big party up north, I heard, um, tickets were given. I think if you get a $6,000 ticket, you may rethink your position on this. Of course, then you're going to have people fighting it because it's for, for, for human rights or something, you know? <laughs> like... yeah. Boundaries and consequences, I say. You know, um, uh, my brother, he works at a university, and the dean of his program put out, it, it's just very interesting, and I think these were six very healthy um, uh, I don't know what you would call them, but support. Mm-hmm. And one of them was, you're not working from home. You are at your home during a crisis trying to work, right? Because yeah. we forget what people have had to experience right now. People yes. have been home working. Um, another one is your personal, physical, mental, and emotional health are far more important than anything else right now. Try not to compensate for loss of productivity, but this is the one I liked. You will be kind to yourself and not judge how you are coping based on how you see others coping. And you will be kind to others and not judge how they are coping based on how you are coping. Mm, that's right. good. Right. Isn't it? And this is from his boss. Right. Wow. Because every, I know. It was beautiful. He sent it to me right away. And, right. and I thought, wow, like if we could all just come without the feeling of we need to be productive, we need to get back to work, we need to get back to everything, mm-hmm. like... Let's just take our time and see how we're going to get back to, you know, whatever life is going to be from now on. It's going to be different. And with awareness, too, that our anxiety is is real. For many people, it's new. 
people are mourning the loss of their of of the way life used to be. We are uh, anxious mm. about what our future will look like. We have mm. no idea. Even going back to That's work, right. like uh, what will it look like? Do I have to take the the subway there? What about what about the buses? Like uh, you know, what what are our offices going to uh, look like? Like what if I get sick? Like there's so many. Um, questions about what the future yeah. will look like. And of course, let's for- not forget, we're always still uh, scared of uh, getting sick, right? The more people we are exposed to, the more likely we are uh, to, to to get affected. So uh, I think part of it is in this whole new normal, it's more important than ever to learn to accept this uncertainty. Um, yeah because it's it's all these feelings of, of this loss of control that are creating the anxiety. Coming up, we'll talk about uh, how you can approach this, uh, some ways that, uh, and maybe just generalize anxiety coping mechanisms we'll, we'll address, plus some of your uh, texts coming up. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. The therapist panel comprised of Sandra Reich, clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, and Rebecca Putterman, professional social worker and psychotherapist, and me, clinical psychologist, uh, talking about getting back into the world again and uh, some of the things that we, some things that are causing us anxiety and how to cope. A couple of texts here. Many people want a hug, need a hug, and should get a hug. Too much mental stress for most now. Lots of walking time bombs out there now. They will start to explode soon. Fights, confrontations with people that were normally calm. Gee, I hope that it doesn't uh, create this kind of thing, but... Um, another texture writes, and maybe this is a good idea. I'm waiting two weeks for all the guinea pigs to finish testing this opening of things theory and just start wearing masks. Simple solution. Uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Like some of us can be more, are have the luxury of maybe sitting back and being more patient <laughs> and seeing, are we going to see more now that stores are, are opening and, and such. So that's, uh, certainly something. So in this new, uh, normal and and learning to accept this uncertainty which is not easy right for people to accept living in uncertainty but we have no choice we have to be able to do it could you give some uh, recommendations things to think about to be able to do this um, well Sandra Sandra are you there Oh, did we lose Sandra? All right, Rebecca? I'm here. Okay, oh, I'm you're here. there. You're there. Oh. Okay. Okay. Did you hear me? Uh, yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. actually starting to speak. I guess it didn't come through. I was saying I'm going to piggyback on what Rebecca said um, on some of those quotes that she was sent, is I think that we have to start to be um, kind to ourselves and to others and to understand that uncertainty is our brains are not prepared for uncertainty. Right. So we're all in it together because uncertainty, by definition, is anxiety-provoking. As a matter of fact, we can handle bad news better than we can handle uncertainty. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that, you know, sort of self-talk and sort of saying to ourselves, this is normal that I feel stressed about this, is the first step. Uh, We've got to be very kind to ourselves. And then I would throw in also some uh, rituals and and strategies throughout your day. I, you know, I... I hear from people, some people are really good about keeping to a schedule or getting things done. I know you're great at that, Dr. Lori. Um, 
it's important right now because it's if if everything goes that further feeds anxiety so we don't Mm -hmm. want to do that and it's even a little bit what we're talking about with checking the news and not checking the news checking the news too much anxiety provoking not checking at all is avoidance avoidance is friend of anxiety so you got to find that sweet spot you got to be aware but not too much right uh, somebody just texted in who went shopping. I bought new Nikes at the Sports Expert. What a fiasco for a pair of running shoes. I can only imagine the stress of the 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 just the stores themselves, right? The owners, the yeah. trying to keep everybody separate, the lineups, the the like. I don't even want to be a part of it. I have to tell you, I don't even want to venture to any store because I can't like. <laughs> I find that I'm going to feed off of their anxiety if I do, if I go, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What about the issue of, so, okay, the, we ha, we all live in uncertainty. That's what we're all doing together because everybody has to deal with that. Um, but the whole issue of uh, control, we have to know that we we have to control what we can control, but we also have to let go of what we can't control control that's not such an easy uh, ask is it Rebecca no I think you know one of the things that I remind myself and my children just people I work with this is temporary and we can't again what we can control is how we want to react to anything but we can't control how others are going to behave how others are going to react but we do have control over what we want to do. And one of the things was, you know, Sandra mentioned, and we're all sort of mentioning here, is a routine, but, you know, often people are saying, have you read a book? You know, even if you haven't read a book, that's fine. Like there's this pressure also, oh, there's time where you should do this and you should go out for a walk. I think it's just really important that people watch their mental health. Mm -hmm. But if you start beginning to see that, you know, you don't have motivation to even go for a walk. It's just something to pay attention to. Or if you find yourself um, dealing with, you know, having trouble concentrating, having t- trouble focusing, overthinking things, not sleeping well, then it's thoughts, you know, I need to begin to wonder what's going on. Am I thinking, overthinking it? Am I getting nervous? Am I avoiding? Am I not avoiding? So I just think that it's really important during this period. And again, because we can't control how long this will go on, and whether there's a second wave, we just have to really pay attention to our moods, our behavior, mm-hmm. what we are able to control. And really what we can is how we want to speak to people, not isolating ourselves too much. Right. And, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I've been on five Zoom meetings, but that's so tiring now. Yes. So there's... you don't have to overdo it either with the Zoom meetings. Right. You know? Also, I think, you know, in terms of letting go of what you can't control, many of us are getting caught up in the, hey, I went to the store. I can't believe that woman walked right in front of me and didn't even yeah. observe the 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 six feet and and I went in and I was the only one wearing a mask and how could people do this and again we can't control what others do uh and so if we keep getting frustrated every time we go out because believe me you're always going to find people who are not following the guidelines always there's no question. And you about know it. what? I was in a pharmacy about three four weeks ago and I really it slipped my mind. I forgot. And I just walked right behind the woman at the cash and right. she started screaming at me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I really, for a split second, I forgot that. 
we're supposed like I'm supposed to stand on this circle, which is a few feet away from you. And I remember like like I felt bad about it, but she was going on and on about me to the cashier, and I was like, okay, like <laughs> enough, enough. I really just forgot for a second, you know. Well, I think we yeah, and and that's quite true, and it's easy to forget, right? Sometimes yeah, it's easy, easy because life as we knew it was like that for a very long time, and suddenly when we're not used to going out. Uh, we may, we may exactly, uh, forget, you know, so exactly. I don't know if we're going to have to all walk around with like a hoop around us to keep those, di- that distance. <laughs> it's just, I really don't know. We don't. Um, the, the irony of all this about the control is that the external control that, you know, we don't love when we don't have control, but we never had external control. That's right. the irony. It's just That's in our true. face right now, but we never had it. Right. We never had external control. That's true, and it's something we yeah. need to face. That uh, yeah, right. you, you, how you, you respond. With- yeah, we also have to, um, and you you both alluded to that was um, maintain a self care regimen. Also, yeah, that's like right. even when you go back to work, it's not something that you um, you need to uh, forget. I think it's important to be uh, to take care of yourself, to continue to take care of yourself to understand that yes this is our new normal it's our old ways are gone like our old ways of socializing and navigating through life is gone for the foreseeable future we don't know when when that's coming back so we we best just adapt to this new normal until things uh, change again because what else what are our other options yeah Resist is the other option, which doesn't help. (laughs) Resist. Resist causes only more anxiety. Yeah. You know, Uh, somebody wrote in, can you imagine a lineup outside in plus 30? People pass out. Then winter, minus 30, freeze to death. Our behaviors will not tolerate this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's good that it happened now and it's a little more tolerable, but, uh, but still people will just stay home more, you know, um, uh, someone else wrote, I've been back at work for three weeks now with one hour public transit commuting each way. I enjoyed having six weeks time off in March and April, but being back at my routine is better for me. No matter if at times there's a bit of uncomfortable close contact in public. That's a good point for a lot of people. The need to go back to a routine, even with the, the risks, even if, okay, they'll, they'll take whatever risk they, um, precautions mm-hmm. they can but for our mental health getting back to that routine is healthy. also yeah. healthy and also important that we cannot forget that part yeah Horse and that, again everyone's different everyone needs something else everybody needs something different exactly mm-hmm. for me i've loved this uh the, the 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 isolation at home i i to me i made the best of it and and really enjoyed my time not so looking forward to going back to work uh more so uh, but for others it's important it's how it, they absolutely need it so let's all be patient let's all be kind to each other and let's and try smart. and smart and let's try not to judge anybody else because we don't know their story we only know what we see and that's not necessarily the full story yeah. ladies uh, if people want to get in touch with you sandra 514-777-4530 or help for anxiety depression.com wonderful rebecca 
514-402-5526. And both these ladies and myself are doing virtual sessions uh, still. So if you are interested, just get in touch with us. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, guys. Uh, Thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where you can send me emails if you have questions, etc. And also on the website, all the past shows are on there. If you click on the Passion Radio tab, you'll get all the podcasts which you can share or listen later or or what have have you. Uh, Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.